Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This this episode today is going to be for my world history class, and this is going to be all about imperialism throughout the world. So there is this idea of a new imperialism that has pushed through the world after kind of our absolute eras that have run, but this is the idea that Europe can basically go through and take everything that they wanted. So what are the motivations for this new expansion that is going on? <clears throat> so the first thing that motivates them is that European expansion begins during this age of discovery, and they want to take that expansion and this discovery that they've had, and they want to turn everything they can into an empire. So the European nations are literally going to start carving up pieces of the world so that they can have more of a stake in the pie, as you might say. They're going to keep, they're going to keep wanting to increase their power throughout everything as we go through this. But also, as you make an empire bigger, you need more resources. And the best way to get more resources is by owning the land that produces the resources for you. All right, There's many motives that go beyond this. And with these motives, we keep looking. But also, some of the big ones are military. Our military, if we can set up our military in the right place because we own that, or we have expanded to that area in some way, shape, or form, we have a better chance of protecting our country. We can create buffer zones. We can have more areas to gain resources, which helps our military. There's also political motives that are going to go into this. Some of the political motives are going to be things like, why, you know, I don't, if I'm French, I don't want the Germans to have all the power in Africa. I want to have power there so that I can show that I have, you know, a bigger empire. You know, some of these other political things are this thing called nationalism, where they really force and push this idea that our country is greater than everybody else. Now, the biggest one that kind of gets overlooked in a lot of this was the humanitarian and religious goals of a lot of these nations. Because what really was going on was that a lot of people believed that it was in their right to spread Christianity and push it all throughout the, throughout the rest of the world. And going along with that, instead of just pushing that they believed in this idea of social Darwinism, which said that the strongest cultures and the strongest groups are going to be the ones that survive. So we need to make sure that we are a part of that. So Western imperialism starts off really slow, but then the 1800s hit and it grows extremely quickly as the West and as Europe starts to really grow into all this, into their own and, you know, their economies are growing you know, extremely quickly, they're growing really fast. And as they're growing, they decide we need to take over these countries that aren't quite there yet because, well, we can. That's the European idea is that we can take it over. All right. In the 1800s, as this is going on, the Ottoman Empire is falling apart in the Middle East. So look, hey, look, there's a place to go there. We can also take over part of India because, hey, there's a place we can go there. We can go into China and help them with their modernization and develop spheres of influences all over there. In Africa, in Western Africa in particular, they are at war with themselves. So we can step in and say, look, we can help you. And by help, we mean take advantage of. In these Western advantages, they basically have stronger economies uh, compared to the rest of the world, and that gives them a leg up as to what they're actually going to be able to do and how they are going to be able to take over. And so because they have these strong economies, they can build better weapons. They can have more money to, to work on this expansion. They can bring other things in there. But also, they have medicine to help them when they get sick. They have medicine that can help impact uh, their entire life, and they can take it to somebody else. Now, there is a resistance, especially in Africa and Asia. They strongly fight this Western expansion. But the problem was is that 
if you have a machine gun and I have a spear, the machine gun is probably going to win 97.2% of the time. And that became a big fight. And a lot of people were murdered and slaughtered essentially in these fights because it's not really, it wasn't a fair fight. Now there are also people at home that say, listen, this isn't the way we need to handle things. This is how we oppress people and keep societies and civilizations behind the eight ball. And that's not our goal is to keep people behind. We want people to get better, not fall behind. So there are two different types of imperial rule. One is direct rule. One is indirect rule. So direct rule is very simple. And this is what the French did. They sent their people and their soldiers into their places, especially in Africa. France had a lot of Africa and uh, West Indochina, as it's called, which is modern day Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia. And they went in and they literally ran within there all of, all of their rules and policies. And they ran it for the people who lived there. The British did something different. They used indirect rule, which is they basically hired people to run the colony the way they wanted to. So they went into India and they got different people into the right power so that they ran it and then they pledged their allegiance. They went into places like Ghana and did that from that. It didn't replace the traditional rules. What it did was it allowed the, the local rules and the traditional rules that have limited power and it they could not really do anything, but they looked like they still had some say. Now, there were a couple other ways of doing things. One is called a protectorate. It's just where all local rulers are left in place, but they are expected to follow the advice of European advisors on any issues such as trade or any missionary activity, but they are still technically in charge. There's also something called the sphere of influence, which this was done mostly in China and some parts of Latin America, but... And the Latin American part was just done by the United States, really, where we just went in there and said, listen, you're going to trade with us here. Uh, this, we are your sphere of influence. So there are a lot of uh, changes and impacts of imperialism. So the first one is the, in, the effects or of the political changes. So in conquered territories, European nations set up their government that reflected their own citizen. As they carved up the world, they basically made artificial borders. And because of this, they didn't have the, they didn't know who they were taking over. So it leads to a lot of economics or not economic stress, excuse me. It leads to a lot of societal stress between all the different sides all at once. Uh, from there too, there's economic changes. Uh, they expected their colonies to be profitable. And if they were not, they would be very harsh in their area. They went through and they took as much money and got as much out of these systems as they possibly could. This also leads to a grow in our cash money society that we have today. Instead of a society where we traded for apples and oranges, now we're going to trade for actual fruit and, or for actual money instead of the goods. So our, my money is worth this, your money is worth that, and we're going to kind of look at the differences of all of that. This also leads to very big social and cultural changes. Uh, the rise of this money economy brings uh, European values into a lot of people's lives. It also changes the way in which people think. Christians are going to come in and try to do all these. So the improvements bring benefits and disadvantages to people, though, just so that we understand that. It breaks the traditional pattern of life. But what it did was it brought the European style of life over. And not everybody believes in that one style. It did improve their lives because it brought better transportation and communication. Uh, but 
it introduced it introduced better medical care and other methods of sanitation, but it took away that traditional part that made a culture its culture. It took away the cultural aspects of every other culture besides European. And this is why a lot of people struggle with, I wouldn't say their identity now, but with what is their culture? You know, if you are an African-American, your African culture has been stripped and robbed of you throughout time. And that's the part that we try to, that is hard to replace. On that note, everybody, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I will talk to you all on Friday.